Let's stand. Oh, this is a gorgeous day. Crisp, cool air outside, and uh, just a beautiful day, and it's a wonderful day to be in God's house today. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. And it was a great lesson, Brother Adrian. I'm a 10-mile-an-hour over Christian on the highway and a 5-mile-an-hour over Christian on secondary roads and a 0-mile-an-hour over Christian in school zones. And uh, I thought about that. I thought, well, I, I've had a couple officers tell me, say, listen, I'm not going to stop you for 10 mile an hour. You can go 10 mile an hour. But if you go 11 mile an hour over, you're getting fined for all 11 mile an hour over. You're going to get it all. So anyhow, you have to let the Lord be your guide in that, I guess. And I think Adrian was saying that. When you get on Route 80, I always think the 80 means 80. <laughs> so, but uh, just don't get a ticket. Watch me get one on the way home uh, today. So you be careful and... Uh, I'd say, let your conscience be your guide, but I've read with some people that they don't have a conscience. So, anyhow, thank the Lord for his goodness to us, and it's good to be in his house. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the good day, beautiful day you've given us. Thank you for strength and health, and Lord, thank you for desire to be in your house today. We pray you touch us and help us this morning, draw us closer to you through your word. Help us to praise you in song, and Lord, from our hearts, and we just ask the Lord that you would just draw us each one closer to you. And for what you do, we'll give you praise and honor and glory. And gladly, we'll say, Jesus did it all. We just love serving you, and we thank you so much for your presence today. In thy name, amen. You may be seated. Let's join in with Brother Abram. My wife was talking to a missionary uh, out in the western portion of our state this week, when all of a sudden she goes, oh no, <sighs> I'm getting pulled over by a cop. I've been driving too fast. <laughs> I thought of that when he mentioned that, so she just hung up quite abruptly. <laughs> oh yes. Let's get our hymn books this morning and let's turn to 442. 442. Good looking orchestra this morning. All right. So uh, let's put ourselves into the service this morning. 442, blessed assurance.
this morning of our day-long praise. Amen. All right, let's sing 409. 409, let's stand if you're able to. 409, haven of rest. I'm glad as verse 2 says, my fetters fell off. Remember the day? The fetters fell off. Haven of rest, let's sing it together.
you may be seated. Thank you so much for your good singing today. And I decided I would turn around because some of them in the back say they can't hear. So I'm just turning around. You are my friends. You are my Christian you are the ones who prayed for me. I just want you to know this morning that Jesus healed me. From the time I had those two, uh, whatever they told me it was, until I went to have my test done. Jesus came and he saved me and he forgave me again and again and again and he healed me again and again. So I can praise his name this morning above all others, above all times. Now the only thing I have trouble with is trying to help someone else know that I got healed, but they didn't. What do you say to them? Well, I have all the praise to give to the Lord, and who knows what we're going to uh, end up coming into in the future. We don't know. But I just want all of you <coughs> friends and all of you who prayed for me. Amen. Some time ago we have, were having a financial problem and a lot of you helped there. I told the Lord I don't care if you just gave a penny. I wanted the Lord to bless you and bless you and bless you. And so now I'm saying again, if you have needs, just take them to Jesus. Amen. Whether he heals or whether he doesn't, he has you in the hollow of his hand. Yes. And he will do what will be best for you. I love him this morning with Amen. all of my Thank you, thank you again. Amen. Thank the Lord. Praise Jesus this morning. God is at work, is he not? Amen. God is active and moving. Sometimes... I'll tell you, sometimes, at least maybe not for you, but the devil likes to make me think that God's just far away. He's not doing much. But friends, God is working. He's been working in my life. He's been working in your lives. Friends, if you feel that way this morning, know God is still working. God is still active. God is still on the throne. He still cares more than you can imagine about the problems you face. Our God is still active this morning. He deserves the praise. Praise his name this morning. Thank the, name, thank the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. He's worthy this morning. Sister Anna, it's good to have you in church this morning. I won't ask you to stand, but would you give the Lord praise this morning? My testimony is very similar to Sister Anna. I praise Jesus for his faithfulness, his healing, always being right there by my side, never leaving me. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're thankful to have Anna. We're thankful to have Anna in church this morning. Thank the Lord. Keep praying for her. Keep praying for her and lifting her before the throne, but we're so thankful to have her this morning. Anyone else need to give God praise this morning? All right, as we look to the Lord in prayer, as we go to him today, thanking the Lord that is working in our lives, bringing the needs of our hearts, the situations we're going through to the Lord this morning. I felt on my heart this morning 
that we're going to go to prayer in the moment, but I'm going to give an open the altar during prayer time this morning. Our altars are all obviously always open, but give you an invitation this morning. If you're facing something in your life and you want to talk to Jesus, that whole haven of rest that we just prayed about, and you want to seek him specially this morning at the altar for the situation in your life, you are welcome to do that this morning. The altar is open at prayer time this morning. I invite you to come. Um, it, that is up to you. You can remain in your seat. But one to open the altar for you this morning. One to ask you to, as we pray this morning, remember Amanda's family in our prayers this morning. We're praying for Amanda Trometer's family, uh, mourning her passing, praying for her family. Let's be praying for them this morning. Continue to remember Sister Hoffman. We're praying for Sister Hoffman, asking God to touch and undertake for her. Um, pray that the Lord would be with her and touch her and help her. Darvin Rhine, um, uh, we want to remember him in prayer today. Last I heard, he was in the hospital and not doing well at all. Uh, let's be praying for Darvin this morning. The Lord would touch him. I don't know all the details, but God does. Let's remember Darvin this morning. Jerry Thomas continues to need our um, prayers. Uh, I believe, if I understand correctly, they need to schedule, or maybe they have scheduled a procedure regarding his heart. Again, I don't understand all the details regarding that, but let's pray for Jerry this morning. Lord, touch Jerry Thomas and would be with him. Let's remember him this morning. Uh, this bus ministry family that we've been praying for, um, let's remember them this morning. They're listed in your bulletin as the R slash L family. God knows exactly who they are. God knows all the details surrounding their, their situation. I believe with all my heart God is working in their life, and I also believe the devil is fighting very hard in their life. And I'd ask that you would pray for this family this morning on multiple fronts. They have multiple needs, but God knows all about it. Let's remember this family as we go to prayer this morning. Do you have other needs you would like to mention before we go to prayer? Let's remember Stephen in prayer this morning. The Rich Kelly family, Rich passed away unexpectedly, and he was very instrumental in the EMS in Center County. It hit Center County really hard. Sure, sure. Let's remember this family and all that are affected by this passing. Let's pray for them this morning. All right, unspoken needs signified by an upraised hand. God knows and cares about each one of those. As we stand together this morning, again, the altar is open this morning. If you have a need and you want to talk to Jesus about it, whatever it is that's between you and God, I want to invite you to come this morning and pray. I'm asking Brother Spangler if he would come lead us before the throne. Let's pray out together this morning. Father, we bow in your presence this morning, thanking you for all the many answers to prayer in the last week, the last several days, for your presence, for your help, for your guidance. For your healing, we're so thankful to know you're still on the throne. We come, dear Lord, this morning for these requests and burdens on our hearts, needs, that they're just big to us, but Lord, we know that with you nothing is impossible, and so we come with a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving to you for the many answers to prayer, and yet, Lord, we have many more petitions to bring burdens, dear Lord, you're aware of each one. You know, dear Lord, those that have suffered, those, dear Lord, that have been facing difficulty, we just pray your presence, your spirit to be near them, to guide them, to help them today. But, dear Lord, those that are here in service today, Lord, they, they still face difficulties, but we're so thankful that they're here. We know, dear Lord, their faith is strong in you. We're asking you again, dear Lord, for the healing touch on bodies and minds. Lord, that your presence would just come and we'll give you honor and glory, Lord. Oh, 
touch you on many times, many occasions. Lord, how you just reached in when there was seemingly no hope. You were able to change the situation, the outcome. And Lord, it was to your honor and glory. Today, dear Lord, think about those of our own church that have been fighting with difficulties, dear Lord, in the physical areas of their lives. And we pray again for Doris and ask you to be with her this morning. We're so thankful that you know and understand that you care. And we're trusting you, Lord, on her behalf. Sister Naomi that's here. We pray again, dear Lord, that you would touch her and help her and heal her body. We're thankful, dear Lord, for the way you've touched Brother Henry. We ask you to continue to be near them and in their home. Lord, we're thankful for the way you've helped Sister Kohler in her testimony and praise today. Thankful for the way you've helped Anna today, Lord, and, and the way you've been bringing her along to this this journey, we're asking you, Lord, just to touch in all of our lives. Help us, each one, just to draw up close to you, to trust you for, for our needs, Lord, for our burdens. We can come, dear Lord, and present to you. And Lord, when we think about Amanda's family today, you understand it better than we and all the situation that's involved. And we just ask for your divine influence. We invite you to just to be involved in the work there in situations that seemingly are just so difficult to us to understand and grasp, but nothing is for you. And so we pray that you would work through this time, dear Lord, and be near them and touch in our outreach still. We're thankful, Lord, for the way that you've helped and all those that are involved, we're asking you to encourage them and strengthen them and help them today. Be near, dear Lord, as we continue to seek your will concerning a man for this ministry. And we just pray, God, that you continue to guide us. We're just confident. We're just confident to trust you and know, dear Lord, that you do all things well. And we're resting in you in that regard. Touch us then in the morning uh, worship time here. Lord, we pray that you would touch the special song. Touch, dear Lord, the message this morning and throughout the day. Work out your divine will and purpose in all of our lives. And Lord, we're asking you to help each one of us just to love you and serve you to the best of our ability today. Help us, Lord, to heal our everything and follow you, dear Lord. We pray, dear Lord, to draw us closer together, closer to one another. Help us, dear Lord, to be lights in our community, among our families, to reach the lost for your kingdom's sake. For all that's done, we'll give you praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Spangler was saying about helping us to be a light in our community. What an opportunity. And it's all around us. And uh, there's people out there that are hurting and uh, going through all kinds of hardship and needs in their life. And just reminded of that again this week. Um, people that I came across in my pathway. And we can point them to Jesus. What an opportunity that is. And uh, Lord, help us to be ready. Ready in those times when we meet those people. And when he puts his thumb on our back and gives us the, the help and strength that we need to be able to do it, to open our mouth and to point them towards him. With that in mind, um, let's also continue to remember uh, to pray for our bus ministry. And uh, every part of that, Brother Denver spoke about that family. There's other families that I know and associated with that could use prayers. And let's remember our bus ministry in a special way. Um, God has been blessing and helping, and I know that he's going to continue to do so. And um, as far as announcements, bus and outreach convention um, coming up. As I mentioned before, if you can go, go. If not, it probably will be available online. 
And I know you will um, enjoy getting in on those services as much as possible. And then our revival coming up with Reverend Joe Smith on March the 12th through the 17th. Um, be praying for revival. Um, and God will come and meet with us. And then you see the other uh, events that we have on there, uh, upcoming events, a long list. Put those on your calendar and um, start praying for those also. And that God will be with each one of those um, things coming up. Mount of Blessings Camp is going to be here before you know it. Let's remember that in prayer. Um, that God will give us the help and strength. Continue to bless the camp, help it to grow, and thank the Lord that he has been. And um, let's just remember that also. At this time, we're going to come to you for the morning tithes and offerings. If the ushers will come. Also, if you think about it, pray for um, the students that are out doing the Lord's work. The singing groups from Penview are out um, singing this weekend. I know that they could use God's help and strength as a minister. And um, there's those that are out preaching also um, from the school. So let's, as they go out and do the Lord's work, or lift them up in prayer. If you think about them, I know that they would appreciate it. Brother Roy, will you pray for the offering this morning, please? Father, we thank you for your presence here this morning. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your promises. Thank you that you're God. We ask now to bless the offering as we give back to you. May it be used for the upbuilding of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we ask. fight and he may work hard but friends the message of that song is true our God is the one who reigns our God is the one who's sovereign and in control and working and more powerful and omnipotent than any far beyond any other being we give him praise for that this morning thank the Lord for his presence in the service this morning let's continue to seek his presence sister Katie's coming to minister to us in song after which Brother Spangler will be bringing the morning message.
So um, this song um, is something very close and near and dear to my heart. Uh, this summer when I was doing an internship in New Mexico, um, the anniversary of a tragedy was coming up in my life, and I was really struggling with it. And I was thinking back and remembering all these things about it, and I was like, God, why did this have to happen? Why do I have to have this as part of my life? Why do I have to remember all these things? And in the middle of me remembering and regretting all of my memories, God just came and settled down upon me, and he said, Child, but remember how good I was? Do you remember how faithful I was to you and how I brought you through it all? And he gave me this words to that song, and that's what I'll be singing for you guys this morning, and I just pray that it touches you as it touched me. change forever the sorrow I felt when it all was ripped away I remember the tears that wouldn't stop for anything the guilt that gripped my heart and the hopelessness I felt I remember I 
the trials of life are not quite over there's battles left for fighting and there's mountains still to climb but the lord will come and wipe away our sorrow he will take us to his home where we'll live with him always Thank you. That's the first time I ever heard that song. But I've come to the understanding, beautiful, I've come to the understanding a long time ago for little old me in the midst of every battle that I face. God's there. God's there. All the difficulty, all the challenges. Now, I don't feel like I'm Job, but I feel like I've been through some things. But you know, it's just wonderful. Thank you for that reminder, Katie, this morning that he's there in the midst. And probably it does us good every once in a while to remember. Remember a little bit about what we've been through and the difficulties. And, uh, you know, when we think about that, I don't know how to say this, but when we're up, you know, when we're not facing all the difficulties, well, let our heart be weighty and prayerful toward those around us that are, you know. Because that's what we do, right? We help lift other burdens and help pray for others. And uh, I, I said to my wife just recently, I said, it just seems like everywhere around us people are facing difficulties, all, all types of difficulties all around us. Uh, you know, it's just, it's reality it seems. But God's there. God's there. And... Uh, what a, what a privilege. What a privilege. And I know he's been helping me. I know he's been helping me. We came through ministerial. Of course, I, all I have to do is think that Roland Mitchell's going to be preaching and I get encouraged. 
listened to all the things that he uh, talked about uh, going through and being involved in uh, and how the Lord helped and worked through all that. But, you know, that's not just for Roland Mitchell or anybody else. That's for all of us. It's for all of us. You can depend on him. You can depend on him. And we thank him for that. Thank him for that this morning. Amen. I like to sense his presence, you know, when you're, uh, when you're praying for somebody that's sick and afflicted. And uh, I, I like to sense the Lord's presence to come along and help you praying for that need. And you just, uh, or when somebody's facing a difficulty in a family, I like to sense the Lord's presence to come along and help you when you're praying for that. Or when you're facing a, a financial struggle and you're praying for that burden and you don't know how to meet it, but you sense the Lord's presence come along and help you to pray. I like that. But you know, many are the times when you're praying for a specific situation, you don't necessarily sense God's presence come along and help you. But I promise you, on the authority of his word, he's still there. He's still there. And he answers prayer. Praise his name. 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. Uh, somebody asked me, Brother Spangler, have you had enough snow? Oh, did it snow? <laughs> oh, boy. That, that just tells you. But I tell you, by the end of the time, the time February rolls around and gets shut and March starts to open up, I'm ready to, for spring. So forget. I hope we get one more uh, gully washer, whatever you call a heavy snowstorm. Uh, before I hope we get one that shuts us down, and uh, but if we don't, we'll just we hope for it next year. It seems like this. I don't know. It seems like this. Wherever I move, they always tell me about the big snowstorms they used to get. Wherever I move to, you know, and uh, when we lived in Nevada, Ohio, we got some good snows, but they told about the gooder snows, and then we moved to North uh, West Ohio, and they talked about the bigger snows, and then. We moved to Salem, Ohio, and they talked about the big snows. And the big snows did come after we moved out of Salem, Ohio. And then we come out here, and they talk about three feet of snow. And, and uh, so, but uh, the Lord knows what he needs, and he knows what we want. And so um, we're thankful for today. As I, I walked outside, I just said, Lord, thank you for this uh, fresh air. Thank you for this good, uh, crisp, clean, uh, fresh air. And God is just good to us all the time. And that ought to encourage us to desire to be like him, right? Yes. To want to be like him. So in 1 John chapter 2, let's stand together. 1 John chapter 2. We'll start reading with verse number 1. <clears throat> They're timing me already. <laughs> you know, doesn't God work in miraculous ways? So uh, the other day I got this uh, phone call from somebody. Uh, my wife and I held revival for him up in New Brunswick, up in Canada. Got a phone call, said, Brother Spanger, do you know, or, or, or no, first they said, Brother Spanger, are you still in Florida? No, I'm not in Florida. I'm back in Pennsylvania. Brother Spanger, do you know a holiness preacher uh, in Florida? And I said, well, I know some in such and such a place, such and such a Orlando area. And uh, I said, Boy, I don't. I text uh, Brother Jose Concio and then called him on the phone. He said, I'm two and a half hours away. Talked to somebody else. They were a couple hours away, just a couple hours away. And uh, we have the general board has a, 
text who goes out to all the general board members. I texted general board members, said, does anybody know of a holiness preacher in this area? Brother Brian Black texts back and said, brothers Durkee and brother Cooley are there now. I got a hold of them and uh, I said, uh, would somebody be available to go to the hospital and pay a call on somebody who is from Nova Scotia and uh, is very near death and needs prayer and they're requesting a holiness preacher. And you know Brother Durkee, of course. And Brother Durkee said, you know, get me the information. I'll be on my way in 20 minutes. And he was able to get there and pray with this, uh, with this wife and her husband and spend an hour or so uh, with them. And I thought about that and I thought, you know, uh, God had the right person to reach out, to reach out, to reach out, to reach out. And I don't think that stuff happens by accident. I think God knew it all. God knew it all. And I think God works that way in our lives. I really do. I believe that. Then I come across this, this scripture, and it starts out, my little children. And that makes me feel like good, real good. My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is a propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. I want to draw your attention to that last verse, verse number six. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. Brother Adrian, do you pray over the message, please, this morning? Brother Adrian. Man, you may be seated. The songwriter Thomas Chisholm wrote dozens and dozens of hymns. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe over 100 hymns. He was born down in the hills of Kentucky in 1866. That's a long time ago. 1866. At the age of 26, uh, he was converted. He became a Christian. And uh, later he became a, a minister. But he said that his goal in writing songs, his, his, a purpose that he had in writing songs, was to incorporate as much uh, uh, scripture uh, verbiage and also scriptural themes as possible in the songs. He had been used to another type of music. And uh, uh, I don't remember the actual word that he used uh, to describe that type of music, but it was a lighter uh, style of music that he had been uh, used to. And he wanted songs with some, some depth. He wrote a lot of songs, uh, many of which we still sing today, and many of which uh, dozens and dozens that I've never heard, but they have great words to them as, as I'm reading through them. But one of, one of his favored hymns, was living for Jesus. And, and that's what I want to talk to you about this morning, to be like him, to be like Jesus. 
And I think the very first verse of this song expresses uh, the author's uh, heart's desire and also his lifelong goal the best. He said, living for Jesus, a life that is true. Striving to please him in all that I do. Yielding allegiance. And then he qualified that by saying, yielding allegiance, glad-hearted and free. In other words, there's not a struggle about it. Just yielding allegiance, glad-hearted and free. This is the pathway, he said, of blessing for me. You know, his songs were often like prayers and more often like personal testimonies expressing what God had done for him and what he purposed to do back for God. In fact, the last verse of that song says, living for Jesus through earth's little while, which we know that this earth is quickly passing away. But he said, my dearest treasure, the light of his smile, seeking the lost ones he died to redeem, bringing the weary to find rest in him. And I thought that's just a, this is a guy I want to read after. But one of his hymns uh, stood out to me this past week as I'm going through his songs. It stood out to me uh, concerning this message as I was praying about this message this morning. It certainly is a familiar song. It's really set in the form of a prayer, and it expresses a, a, a deep internal desire that that Thomas Chisholm had, and it's this, oh, to be like thee. You know, that is actually the root prayer of all of his songs. When you read through his songs, but this particular song, oh, to be like thee, all five verses and the refrain, they start with the phrase, oh, to be like thee. And yet the very first verse I believe lays the foundation for this prayer hymn when he writes, Oh, to be like the blessed Redeemer. Because it's not enough, folks, just to want to be like Jesus, to be quite honest with you. He says, Oh, to be like the blessed Redeemer. He has found Jesus Christ to be his Lord and Savior, his Redeemer from his life of sin. The very first issue that must be dealt with in one's life in order to be Christ-like is to be redeemed from the paths and life of sin. That's the starting place. He goes on to say that to be like Jesus is his constant longing in his prayer. And in the next phrase, he speaks of a self-surrender when he writes, Gladly I forfeit. All of earth's treasures, Jesus, thy perfect likeness to wear. It's certainly a powerful prayer, very powerful prayer. But not just for a moment. It's just not a prayer that he prays and moves on with his life. It is a continuing commitment of surrender and yielding to God. As being like Jesus does not happen at a moment or for one particular prayer point or 
prayer time or prayer event. It's an ongoing, daily, developing walk. It's a desire. It's a desire to be acted upon every day. Every day in every way of our lives. I mean, the thrust with what he's writing and saying, expressing the purpose of a deep inner desire of his heart is, Lord, I want to be like you. In every way of my life today. Tomorrow he starts his day the same way. Today. But he starts every day saying, Lord, I want to live for you today with also, also the express purpose that I plan to live for you tomorrow until you take me home. I want everything of my life to be in line with you. Do you know some of the greatest damage done to the cause of Christ is when a person or persons take the liberty to live, act, do, and say what they will because they have somewhere in their past made a commitment to Christ. What I mean by that is sometimes some of the greatest damage done is because some people just feel like you can live slipshod because somewhere along the line you've prayed and asked Jesus to come into your heart. It reminds me of an elderly minister who shared a bit of advice with a young man who was trying to make his mark as an upcoming great preacher. The elderly minister said, Sonny, someday you'll understand that your holy boldness was nothing more than carnal imaging. But until then, it would be wise for you to soften your tone. You got to think about that for a little while. But the old guy was saying, listen, boy, I've been where you've been. I've been where you are. But if you're not careful, sometimes you can let self get in the way. And he's saying, hopefully, someday you'll You'll realize that. But until then, tread carefully. Tread softly. In order for, for ministry to be effective, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or one to the multitudes, it must always be about portraying Christ and never about projecting oneself. You want to have an influence with your family? Keep your testimony about Jesus. That doesn't mean you don't tell them what Jesus has done for you, but always steer them back to Jesus. Keep your testimony about Jesus. In the words of John the Baptist, he said, he must decrease, but I, he must increase, but I must decrease. And yet, clearly the greatest way to portray Christ is to practice being like him. Practice being like him. Thinking about our upcoming revival, the evangelist that we have coming, special friend of mine, yes, he's a special friend, but also he's a person whom I appreciate and, and who I hold in high regards as a follower of Christ. I've known him for many years because I, I know him as a man full of compassion. I know him as an individual loving, forgiving, Tender and kind, helping the helpless, cheering the fainting, seeking the wandering sinner to find, lowly in spirit, holy and harmless, meekly enduring cruel reproaches, and willing to suffer others to save.
So to borrow the words from Thomas's hymn, I can describe our evangelist that's coming. And I'm thankful, very thankful that we do have in our day, modern day examples of Christ likeness. I'm grateful for that. I've met a host of people in my little circles that I can say their life testifies of Jesus. It's not just one or two or a dozen or so, but a host of people. I could say there's Jesus in their life. Remember, Paul said, be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Paul wasn't at all trying to usurp or trying to get in front of Christ or be above Christ, but he was just saying, I'm living my life following Christ. And I'm thankful for those people that I've met in my life who do the same. I am convinced that the greatest man of all time to affect the world in all places was none other than the Son of God in human form, Jesus Christ. I'm convinced of that. No one before, no one since has had an impact that he's had, Jesus has had. But the greatest way that you and I can impact our surroundings today is by striving to be like Jesus. By striving to be like Jesus. Chisholm also wrote, living for Jesus, a life that is true, striving to please him in all that I do, yielding allegiance, glad-hearted and free, this is the pathway of blessing for me. And then he wrote another favorite of mine, which is really not in a lot of hymnals, but it is a testimony and a prayer of his. He said, I have one deep, I have one deep supreme desire that I may be like Jesus. Aren't you glad the song didn't end there? He goes on to say, to this I fervently aspire, that I may be like Jesus. He said, I want my heart his throne to be, so that a watching world may see his likeness shining forth in me. I want to be like Jesus. He said, he spent his life doing good. I want to be like Jesus. In lowly paths of service trod, I want to be like Jesus. He sympathized with hearts distressed. He spoke the words that cheered and blessed. He welcomed sinners to his breast. I want to be like Jesus. Oh, perfect life of Christ, my Lord. I want to be like Jesus. My recompense and my reward, I want to be like Jesus. His spirit fill my hungering soul, his power all my life control. My deepest prayer, my highest goal that I may be like Jesus. In another verse, she said, a holy, harmless life he led. I want to be like Jesus. Is that possible in our world, folks? Can a believer in 2024 live a life like that? I think so. Peter shares just exactly what the example of Christ is. Now, there's, there's other examples of this in the Scripture, but this would be one that's very important to me. It's a passage that I've preached from many different times. It's in 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning with verse number 21. 
1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 21, if you want to uh, turn there. He shares this. And to me, the first step in following this example is what I already mentioned at the beginning of this message, the very first issue that must be dealt with in one's life in order for them to be Christ-like is to be redeemed from the past and the life of sin. And that's exactly where Peter starts out. Verse number 21 says, For even here and too were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow in his steps. Catch this next phrase, verse 22. Who did no sin. That's a pretty powerful statement. It's very clear. You don't need much interpretation for that, do you? Who did no sin. Neither was God found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself unto him that judgeth righteously. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on that tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and the bishop of your soul. So if and when you and I purpose to be like Jesus, to be like our Savior, you and I have to go right back to the very same starting point. We've got to go right back to the very basic Dealing with the issue of sin. Deal with the issue of sin in our lives. One can never build a Christian life if the foundation is not first laid. It's the, it's the difference of building on the sand versus building on the rock. And yet, I think it's important to remember that the building was not complete when the foundation was laid. That's just the starting place of the Christ-likeness. From there develops a walk, the day-to-day -day following. And we cannot uh, overemphasize the importance of the infused Word of God. We need that if we're going to be like Jesus. We've got to study His Word, read His Word, spend time with His Word. And we cannot overemphasize the importance of prayer. We need the word for the nourishment of our soul. We need, we need prayer. We cannot neglect the importance of, of gathering together with believers. We certainly cannot pass over the need to publicly testify regularly of God's grace and God's goodness. Because hereby we're, we're further equipped to overcome the cares and the pressures and the temptations which are daily hurled at us. And when I say grace and goodness what i mean is that we must testify of our personal experience concerning our salvation grace where we openly proclaim to be saved sanctified and then secondly we need to testify concerning answered prayers needs supplied or god's goodness where we publicly give God praise for his involvement in our lives. 
These are ways that will help us in our walk to be like Jesus and to maintain a victorious walk. Again, don't live your life making people wonder where you stand spiritually. Oh, if I could somehow coax you, if I could somehow encourage you, leave, live your life so that you leave them with no alternative but to clearly understand where you stand with God. You want to be like Jesus, you're going to have to let others know where you stand with God. You can't be a follower of Christ secretly. And furthermore, why would you want to be? I believe I have a remedy for the quote backwards, for the timid of heart. I think I have a remedy. Twofold. Saturate yourselves more so in the word of God and fill your heart full in the place of prayer. Saturate yourselves with the word of God. Read it, read it, study it, study it. And then find a place of prayer somewhere just to talk to God and let him talk to you. I ask these next questions at the risk of offending some, but they nevertheless need to be asked. Do your neighbors see Jesus in you? Do your peers at the workplace see Jesus in you? Do your students see Jesus in you? What about the doctor whom you've been to visit? Or the mechanic you saw last month? Does your family understand you to be a follower of the character and the goodness of Christ? Here's one to consider. What about the law enforcement? How about the clerk at the store? Or the nurse in the hallway? The mailman, the lawn boy, the hired hand. The list goes on and on and on to actually include everyone, folks. If we are endeavoring to be like Jesus, people around you can't help but notice. It's the greatest impact you can have on people. Simply show them Jesus through your own living. You'll never regret it, and they won't either. Shall we stand? I remember years ago, a little situation happened in my life. And somebody, my senior, somebody came and said to me, said, Brian, now whatever you do, keep sweet. Keep sweet. Because, Brian, remember, others are watching. And I thought about it. I've thought about that a lot. But I've, I've, I've prayed over that very thing. Lord, I, I don't want to have to fight to keep sweet. I don't want to have to get something new out or work this thing up to keep sweet. I want to be sweet. 
I want to be sweet. And you know what, folks? In every area of our life, if we exhibit the characteristics of Jesus Christ, that'll have an impact if they're coming from within your heart. If it's something you've read out of a book or you know that it's expected of you, that's a whole different story. <laughs> that's a whole different story. But if you know in your heart that everything's clear, everything's clear. And that the only thing in there to come out is the goodness of Christ. I promise you, I promise you that will have an impact on the people around you. This thing is so good, it can't be faked. When it's real, it works. And when it works, it's rewarding. Brother Kohler, you dismiss us in prayer.